Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Episode 18 of Crime Time for Friday, June 1st on FayObserver.com. Featuring Fayetteville Observer Police and Crime Reporter Nancy McCleary, I'm Sonny Jones. On the podcast, we'll look at issues involving crime, courts, and public safety, highlighting stories and the news. And a reminder, anyone we discuss who has been charged with a crime is presumed innocent until found guilty in a court of law. Let's get started. Well, it's been almost 16 years since Chaz Sanchez was fatally shot. Still no killer has been charged. In the latest edition of the Unsolved Mysteries series, Nancy took a look at the case, talked to parents and investigators. It will run in the Sunday, June 3rd edition of the Fayetteville Observer and online at fayobserver.com. And by chance and thankfully, Nancy is here to give us a (laughs) sneak peek at the story and talk about the case. It is a baffling one, to say the least. Yes, it is. Um, Chaz Sanchez was 25 years old when he was shot to death about a block away from his parents' home in the Cliffdale neighborhood, I'm sorry, Cliffdale West neighborhood of Fayetteville in September of 2002. Chaz was the younger of two sons of Chuck and Deborah Sanchez. The Sanchez's were a military family moving every few years as Chuck was assigned to different posts. Part of that time was at Fort Bragg. Now, however, Nancy, as I understand it, once Chuck Sanchez got out of the Army and the family settled down, uh, Chaz had some issues. Yes, in the mid-1990s, the family was living in Lubbock, Texas, and Chaz was very happy there, according to his mother. Um, And Chuck retired, and he had job offers, uh, one in Lubbock and one in Raleigh. And he chose the job in Raleigh, and when they told Chaz that they were moving, he did not take it well. Um, and he began to appear to be suffering from anxiety or panic attacks at the thought of leaving, his parents said, and they didn't get any better. They took Chaz to a doctor, and he was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder, a mental illness. It's not curable, but it can be treated with medication and counseling. And however, um, as you found out, uh, Chaz fit in pretty well in Fayetteville, made some friends. His last job was a framer at Michael's Craft Store, but he did struggle with taking his medication for his disorder, which was certainly part of the treatment. Right. Um, and what happened on the night that the Chaz Sanchez lost his life? Well, on Friday, um, September 22nd, I'm sorry, September 27th, 2002, Chaz hitched a ride with a neighbor to the Target store on Skybow Road, taking along his backpack that was always with him. Um, And inside it, he carried um, pictures and papers and so forth. Um, He was hanging out, um, apparently, up at the Target store. And about 11.30 p.m., a police officer told him he he had to leave. And Chaz began to head home to the house which was um they say maybe 10 miles away he was on foot 
he loved to run his mom said um so he ran and it was between 4 and 4 30 a.m when he reached the neighborhood cliffdale west and he began um he was going up wickersham road and he encountered someone who killed him um, a resident nearby resident heard gunshots and looked out the window and a motion light was activated about that time and she caught a glimpse of a man who was running toward a car parked on wickersham road and she watched this is all according to charlie Desponzio. um she watched as he got in on the passenger side noting that the dome light did not come on um Charlie Desponzio, who was um, a homicide investigator in the sheriff's Cumberland County Sheriff's Office at the time, said that to him indicated that it, it was a uh, premeditated um, event. So, Nancy, as we wrap up this portion of crime time, so where are we today in this case? I, I guess the leads are pretty tough to come by. Well, um, the theory, um, absolutely nothing has panned out. Um, no leads, no suspects. and um, Charlie, no, no, no thought of the, the guy he took the ride out to Target with no, eventually, no, that was a, or to start with. Well, no, that was, that was a, a lady, a neighbor lady okay. across the street. Oh. But what is interesting is that Charlie Desponzio is convinced that this is a mistaken identity, that Chaz was not the intended target um there were two other people who lived near him who very strongly resembled him and charlie Desponzio believes that they may have been one of them may have been the target was, does he think or or during the investigation do they think it was uh uh, you know, whoever was was meant to be the target. I mean, obviously there was some connection there, whether so, some illegal activity, well, perhaps. Um, according to what Charlie told me, um, I mentioned Chaz's backpack. Well, both of the other two men that may have been the intended targets, um, they also carried backpacks, and both of them admitted to carrying marijuana. And the money from selling it in those okay. backpacks. Hmm. Well, there you go. It's a good read. Don't want to give it all away. I encourage you to find a copy of Sunday's Fayetteville Observer or go online at fayobserver.com. Read the full story and any of those unsolved mystery cases that uh, that have been featured over the last several months. They are interesting reads. And, and as we've mentioned here before, Nancy, it shows that law enforcement does not forget does not continue to work it's very difficult sometimes but some of these cases during this unsolved mystery series that has been done over the what six months or so have been solved or have there has certainly been uh, action uh, in solving the the cases well let's check the crime blotter as we wrap it up here on this week's edition of crime time Timothy Carl Givens, who was accused of robbing the Crescon Bank and on uh, North Main Street in Hope Mills in May, was returned to North Carolina, formally charged May 31st with robbery with a dangerous weapon, possessing stolen property, and three counts of second-degree kidnapping. Arrest documents revealed that Givens placed a fake explosive device on the counter and threatened to detonate it unless the three tellers gave him money. 
Gibbons left with more than $8,500, none of which has been recovered, by the way, and fled to Greenberg, New York, where he was apprehended, but not before trying to elude lawmen by jumping out a second-floor window. Wow. Yeah, that was... uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, Also, uh, police released a video this week, um, Fayetteville did, showing a robbery that happened at the Motel 6 um, at 2076 Cedar Creek Road. And this robbery occurred um, on Saturday before Memorial Day, whatever. Yeah, that would be May. Some, that <laughs> yeah. would be in May. How about that? Okay, there you go. Um, but at any rate, um, they say that a man with a backpack what is it about backpacks? <laughs> that's our theme <laughs> yeah we always try to have a theme so that that's our theme but this man with a backpack came to the front desk of the of the motel six um and as if he was going to check in and as the clerk began the process of of checking him in the man was rummaging through his backpack as if he was searching for something but then he reached in there and he pulled out a gun and stuck it up at the clerk's face and yeah. then he jumped over the counter and um that was um there the video that the police sent that was where it ended um but the man eventually got away with an undisclosed amount of money um if you have not seen this video we have it posted on our website okay. at com. Mm-hmm. and um it is worth seeing it it's very um it just kind of makes you go oops <laughs> yeah those, those <laughs> videos I mean, and, and unless you are the one yeah in the video yeah yeah but this uh, one was scary. interesting to watch but yeah do a search for motel six or cedar creek road something like that on fayobserver.com and and check out that video what other story we have here well also this week a man with a gun not a backpack, but no backpack. <laughs> no backpack. Um, this man robbed the sunoco gas station on rayford road near skybo road about 9 20 p.m on tuesday may 29 <laughs> but the man displayed a gun and demanded money and the clerk gave it to him he ran away with an undisclosed amount of money and as of now they're still looking for him and they would appreciate any information you may have by calling crime stoppers at 483 tips, tips. i have uh, memorized the number yes well, let, let's wrap it up. Three Sampson County men were convicted this week in federal court on charges of conspiring to distribute and possess with intent to distribute, quote, significant quantities of controlled substances, including meth, heroin, crack cocaine, cocaine, and molly, a synthetic form of ecstasy. Kevin McCoy of Garland, Tony Chevrolet of uh, Turkey, the uh, town in Sampson County, not the country in the Middle East, and Jabbar Rudolph of Clinton were described during the seven-day jury trial as operating a, quote, significant drug trafficking organization, according to a release from the Office of the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of North Carolina. And Nancy, there it is again. It seems like each week we have two or three of these from the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of North Carolina, and it harkens back to... Oh, what was it, four or five weeks ago right, right. that uh, the, the, t- the Take Back North Carolina project correct, was underway, correct. and 
it is underway. And these men also were convicted on firearms-related mm-hmm. charges, according to the release. So it, uh, you know, they are trying to take back North Carolina. They're doing a darn good job on it. So it far. You know, just based <laughs> on the on the news we get, and uh, I'm sure more will follow. Well, that's it for episode 18 of Crime Time for Friday, June 1st. We welcome your comments and suggestions for Crime Time. You can reach me, Nancy McCleary, by email at nmccleary at fayobserver.com. That's N-M-C-C-L-E-A-R-Y. Put the two C's in and you'll be good. Or you can also reach me at Twitter at F-O underscore McCleary, again with the two C's. And you are getting better at at spelling your own name each week. That has been a struggle. You can reach me, Sonny Jones, by email at sjones at fayobserver.com or on Twitter at F-O Sonny Jones. You know, just to, to cap it off here, one time in the third grade I took a spelling test, got all the words correct, but signed it Sonny Sonny. And the, temp- and the teacher gave me a 95. Well, again, thank you, Nancy, for your time. Again, thank you so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in next time for the next edition of Crime Time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.